0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. As we pursue Jesus, our vision is to build a community of believers who are present-centered, people-focused, and community-oriented. This message is taken from our Blueprint series, A Journey Through the Book of Acts. We really believe that you will encounter Jesus through this teaching today. An introduction to what I want to share with you this morning it's part two of the glory we talked about the glory squeeze a couple of weeks ago today it's the glory suit and um, God wants us to be clothed in his glory and so there's a sense where God wants to come and and clothe us and you heard me saying, I repeat it because repetition I've heard is a very good teacher. And, um, and so there's this sense where we, we're in a place where we have this conundrum. And that is God says he doesn't give his glory to another. And then we say, well, God's going to give us his glory. And so what happens is the, the religious part of us. And that's for every one of us here. The religious part of us wants to say, well, no, we can't take any glory from God. All the glory is his. You know, it's like the woman who was playing the piano. She was playing this wonderful piece on the piano, and somebody goes up to her at the end and said, you played gloriously this morning. And she said, no, it wasn't me. It was the Lord. And the person turned around and said, no, it wasn't that good. (laughs) You know? and, and so there's a sense where there are certain things in what we, why we get into that canon because we don't understand what God gives to us so that we can display his glory and what he keeps for himself so that only he can display it. And, and so there's those things that he communicates and people talk about the communicable It's what God releases to us. They're transferable, we would say, in the context of our gatherings, the transferable anointings of God. You know, when we read, um, sing songs like his goodness is running after, is running after me. Well, how is that going to happen? Tell me. Somebody tell me. How is his goodness going to run after me? You know, do I sort of turn around and it's like there's this silhouette of this cloud and in the cloud there's all that I need running after me and I turn around and say, yes, I'll take it, you know? What does it mean when we say his goodness is running after? You know, his goodness is gonna chase me down. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you, that's part of his communicable attribute of goodness. Let me unpack that for you. That means that he wants us to express his character and his attribute of goodness. So when somebody said we get round the corner and there's the goodness of God. Well let me tell you, you get round the corner and there is you or me that we bump into, and as we bump into those people that God puts in our place, we are there to release his goodness, just to share goodness with people. As I said a couple of weeks ago, with his mercy. You know, it's not that there's this mercy train running after me, Mercy is when I get what I don't deserve, and somebody comes up, expresses that to me, gives me something that I don't deserve. And what it does, it triggers something in me that I'm thinking, yes, and this is what Jesus has done for me. That's right. yeah. Do you understand? We have to start, stop spiritual, super spiritualizing the goodness of God and we need to put on the glory suit so that when people connect with me, they're connecting with the character of God. They're connecting with the goodness of God. They're connecting with the mercy of God. They're connecting with the grace of God. They're connecting with the favor of God. And so then they can taste and see, hallelujah that the Lord is good, you know? And uh, it's just like the, the, the mom who introduces her daughter to me this morning, who became a Christian last week. Give God praise, can you? You see? And the thing is this, that somebody expressed the goodness of God to that person. Name's Pam. It expresses the goodness of God to her, and in expressing the goodness of God, she felt the presence of Jesus. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? You see, and what we do is we super spiritualize it as if there's this cloud of glory sort of wafting around that we, well, oh, let's get under the cloud, you know? And, and it comes on us. Listen, there are times in God's goodness That that oil of his presence is manifest. And as it's manifest, there is a golden glory, a golden oil that comes on. I have seen it myself. But also, I've seen it in many other forms in human likeness too. As people have expressed something of the goodness, the mercy of God. And so we're wanting to put on our glory suit. It's what God has communicated. Now, the thing is this. He hasn't communicated to us omnipresence. And I went into that a couple of weeks ago. That is, I can't be everywhere. Hallelujah. (laughs) That releases me from all the pressure that you think of where I should be. Do you understand? That we can't be everywhere. Why? Because that is something that God has not communicated with us. Omniscience, that is God's all-knowing. He hasn't communicated that to us. But at times, he releases words of knowledge. And that words of knowledge opens up a situation where we speak that to someone. And in a wonderful way... The goodness of God can flow into that person's life. Words of knowledge with regard to healing. I believe this morning as I was preparing, God said there'll be somebody here who has a problem with a thyroid. And if that's you, just put up your hand because the goodness of God wants to be released in. Those of you around, people who put their hands up, just lay your hand on them. Asher, that's right. Jackie and uh, Maureen, lay your hand on Others, yes. Because there's another one here, just put your hand on Was it you putting your hand up? Okay, you're just identifying with That's great. Because that's what we do when we put our hands up too. We can identify. Father, I ask that you would release your goodness as people lay their hands on people's shoulders this morning. Let them know the very hand of God reaching down to them right now. Lord, we thank you that you have said your hand hand is not too short that it cannot bring salvation and so father we need thyroid glands to be healed in the name of Jesus as in as hands are laid on you we declare the truth of what Jesus said lay hands on the sick and the sick will be healed so I declare healing in the name of Jesus so receive it right now in Jesus name. You watch, you watch your thyroid ride over this coming week to see what changes is taking place. Don't just give up on this morning. You just watch it. Keep putting your place in that sense of goodness of God. Hallelujah. See, that's how God releases his goodness. And we get to taste and we get to see that God is good hallelujah and so here what we're wanting to look at then this morning in terms of putting on our glory suits listen to what it says in the scriptures and uh, it talks in one corinthians because i want to i want to get you to get hold of this so as i release something later on this morning What you're going to receive is something from the glorified Jesus. Wow. And Jesus himself said it. I'm just communicating what he said. And um, listen to what it says in Corinthians. It says in chapter 15, verse 40, men have one kind of flesh... Animals have another kind. Birds and fish have another kind. Aren't you glad that you're not a fish? (laughs) See, you have a kind of covering. And so here, and it goes on to say, there are also heavenly bodies, celestial bodies, and there are earthly bodies but the splendor or the glory of the heavenly bodies is one kind the splendor of the earthly bodies is another kind so here god has put in the word there splendor in corinthians in the niv it's the word doxa from which we get doxology you know speaking out blessing and speaking out the goodness of God at the end of a meeting. That was called a doxology. And so here we use these terms, but sometimes we don't know where they actually come from. And so here we think, oh, the doxology, what's that? Or they just say, you know, some good words or they, they say the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. But what it's doing is it's covering you with glory yeah. so that you become the face So that you become the the grace of God in people's lives. Because that's what he wants to communicate. He has made us in his image. We are image bearers and therefore we are clothed with his glory. My glory, he says, I won't give to another. And Jesus said, Father, I have given them your glory jesus said that in john chapter 17 and if jesus said it it's good enough for me i don't need anybody else to confirm it if jesus said it it's good enough for me and so here see what that does we praying it earlier what that does for us is this see so often people talk about unity unity is the lowest common denominator how can we all come together and how can we all agree just to come together so there's a belief system that if we believe these things then we can come together and we can be in fellowship together no jesus says father i've given them your glory so that they may be one see there is something that comes out of that communicable character and attribute of god that he releases to us And so when we're talking about things that we may disagree on, is what happens, goodness kicks in, and we don't get caught up with the conflicts, we get caught up with the goodness of God. So we're not then trying to convince and trying to make somebody believe what I believe, but we're trying to experience together the goodness of God. Amen. Let me tell you, that brings far more unity. And the thing is this. After nearly 45 years of ministry, I realized this, that even in this room, there are going to be lots of people who throughout the, the whole of their lives are going to believe different things than me. That's just how it is. So why should I spend all my time trying to convince people to believe what I believe rather than trying to get them express the character of God so that we walk in goodness? Because we all agree on that, don't we? We all agree that it's good to be good. Yeah. So that I express the grace. We all agree, don't we? That it's good to be gracious to people. Every one of us. Anybody disagree with that? See, so, so there are things that we agree on. Do you understand? Now, we all believe that there's going to be a tribulation before Jesus comes, don't we? See, now we may be not so sure on that. Personally, I do believe that we don't go through the tribulation. But that's another thing. I'll talk about that later not today but you see but you don't have to believe that that will not make you more a christian it will not make you more expressive of god's goodness can you see but when i see someone in need And I reach out to them. And as I reach out, I release to them blessing into their lives. And if it is that they can't pay their bill in the checkout, that I go up and I say, I'll take care of that. Or somebody serves and waiters and you give them double the 15% tip. Then you bless them. What are you doing? You're showing them the goodness of God. Can you see? And that's the way we do it. Why have you done that? Then it gives you opportunity to say. And you don't have to go into the ABC of the gospel. You just have to express that just like people have done things for me. I just want to express my gratitude to you. And the way I can do that here is to say a big thank you, but also to give you a big tip as well. That will put a smile on anybody's face. You know? And if you don't believe me, it's because you haven't tried it. (laughs) You try it and you will see. Okay? And so here, what we're wanting to do is you see the things that it's so easy to agree on. The favor of God. You know, that's another wonderful thing about God's favor, isn't it? where he just blesses us. And so what I want you to do is put on the glory suit. We have, there are earthly splendors, there are heavenly splendors. Jesus said these words, stay in Jerusalem until you be clothed. And I know, That's a a root or part of a stem there which we get the word dynamo from. Isn't that great? So it's not just having a nice little suit put on, but it's being clothed with something that has the ability to release power. And then he says, and you will be filled with power. Or you will receive power. But the power comes because we've been clothed. And we've had suits That can contain the dynamism of God. Huh? Because if we didn't have the suit, it would probably shrivel us up. You know, John Arnott said it's not about falling on the ground and getting up afterwards, it's the fact that we actually get up afterwards and we're not sort of frazzled to a crisp, you know, as we come into the presence of God. And so there's all of these things that. God wants us to display His glory. So, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do it in your family? How are you going to do it in your place of work? How are you going to do it in the community that God's put? How are we going to do it together as a church? Because it's so easy, isn't it, to hold things back and then we don't express the fullness of. Of what God wants to release. And so here this morning, I want you to be one who wears the glory suit so that you become a displayer of God's glory. Listen to these passages. I got them from the, N- the NLV, New Living Translation. And this is what God says. Listen, if you, this is just to reinforce that we can display. God has put us on display. Hallelujah. In the places where you go, the environment, and we talked about the environment the last time I was speaking. There's an environment that's just fitted for you so that God can squeeze your juice. See, and when he squeezes, when you're in an environment where there's pressure and there's that squeeze on you, the squeeze releases the goodness of God. Not bitterness, not anger, not judgment. See, that's when we know we're clothed in the glory. And so here, our response, like Stephen being squeezed with stoning, what does he do? He releases the juice of mercy. Wow. And there was one by the name of Paul standing by. Huh? This bigoted Pharisee who was zealous, to the point where he was prepared to kill people in order to maintain his doctrinal position. Right, that's Paul. And he was there that day. And I believe he had his fuse box blown that day. Totally blown. That he couldn't understand how somebody that he was persecuting, squeezing, giving witness to it, could say, Father, would you forgive them? Forgive them. Don't hold this against them. And there was Paul, who became. I mean, we just wouldn't have probably half the New Testament if it hadn't have been for that day. Let me tell you. Why? Because God took Stephen, he took him up the road, put him around the corner, so that when Saul of Tarsus came round the corner, he met Stephen. And Stephen expressed the glory of God to him in such a way that it transformed formed him in a moment so when he's on the road to damascus trying to do even more squeezing he has this vision and straight away i don't know how he did it because P- stephen says i can see the lord standing and the glory and and so he expresses those words i see heaven open and the glory of god and jesus standing and, and Paul, when he is confronted on that road into Damascus, he says straight away, who are you, Lord? So there was something that must have triggered that. And I believe the triggering was the mercy of Stephen. You do not know how much glory God has placed upon you. If you could just express God's mercy, giving people what they don't deserve. If we would do that as a church, I believe we could radically change, radically change situations. My next point. Well, that wasn't in the point, but it's there. And so here for us, you know, a, a church father, with, you know, I get the term father from time to time now, <laughs> and, uh, but there was a church father by the name of Arrhenius. Let me tell you what he said about God's glory. He says, God's glory, his humanity fully alive. Don't you like that? God's glory is humanity. People like me and you being fully alive. And the one thing about glory is this, from my notes that I didn't get through last time I was speaking. And here, the glory has the um, workings within it. It means to be complete. That's what glory means. To come to a place of fullness. That's why we talk about the kabod. That's the Hebrew word for glory. The kabod, we talk about the weighty presence. But it means the full weight. It means that nothing is missing. Isn't that great? I know, I thought that, Maureen, when I when I read it, you know, wow, you know. Nothing missing. It's just that... You know, on the scales, you know, the weight's there and God gives full measure. And there's nothing missing. That's what glory means, that we get the fullness. Also, there's a sense of completion. And in that sense of completeness, nothing is missing. Now, think of that for your life and my life. As God wants to clothe us, put the glory suit on us. Jesus, it says these words about Jesus. The Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Did you get that? So on the great day of the feast, Jesus said... If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being would flow a river of living water. Now listen, what you have to understand there is that this flow of life was coming from the presence of Jesus. In that their proximity to Jesus was enabling them to release this river of life. But then he goes on to say, but the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Wow. Flip over to Acts chapter 7. And I told you, this is testimony. Stephen says, I see the glory of God and Jesus standing. At his right hand. So now we have it that Jesus is now glorified. So, what does that mean? It means that the Holy Spirit can be released. So now we can be clothed upon. We can have that glory suit, that being clothed with the very presence of Jesus, we can be clothed with power from on high. Why? So that we can express God's character and his attributes to people, which brings in all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that we can prophesy into people's lives, that we can give destiny words into people's lives, that we can speak into the future, that we can give words of knowledge that open situations up, we can give words of wisdom, we can give words in tongues And give the interpretation to it. We can give a gift of healing. We can give a gift of deliverance. And it goes on. Because now we're clothed. We have this glory suit. It is a mantle of anointing. It is what God wants us to carry so that we're not just releasing ourselves. We're releasing the very presence of Jesus and what he's done in our lives because the spirit of prophecy is, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It has been called into our lives so that we can release it to others. And so now we move out from, see we're into this place where it talks about the glory is humanity fully alive. So it doesn't matter what our ethnicity is, what our gender is, we're wanting everybody to become fully alive. And in that fully alive, we can express the character of God. I was reading this week in um, in Jeremiah, and it talks about, you know, Sometimes men, we get, it, we get things into an awful mess. Did you know that? And sometimes God says, okay, and this is what it says. Women will encircle around men and become a strength to them. I'm thinking, God, don't we need that today? Don't we need that? Don't we need to see something change that causes victory to flow. See, I believe that's what God is doing in these days. And so here, see, we're wanting each and every one of us to be clothed with our glory suit. It isn't about, oh, look at me, look how glorious I am. It isn't about that because now we put it into the context of releasing God's attributes. And so now people taste and see that God is good. And as they taste and see this God is good, can you see? They realize that the goodness of God chased them down. And it chased them down in a human suit. (laughs) That had glory on it. Wow. And so we get out of this sense of, You know, this ethereal view of glory. And listen, I want you to know the times when there there are those times when that happens. People have oil on their hands. And people drip with oil. I've seen people and their hands have dripped with oil. And yet, from their sleeve cuff on the blouse, a woman I was praying for just began to with oil off her hands but uh, the cuffs of her blouse was bone dry and yet from where the cuff finished to a, a wrist was flowing with oil I've seen that what is it that's just a wonder it's not glory it's a sign what's the sign that there is anointing around and God will anoint anyone Come on. We need to understand, don't we? So much more of what God has for us. And so it's completeness. Nothing is missing. It means that if we are God's glory, is humanity fully alive, it means this, that God is now fully on display. Come on. Now, what that should do for you is give you a thirst for his presence, really a real thirst for his presence, so that he could put that glory suit on you, which is being clothed with the Holy Spirit, who is the very presence of Jesus, okay? Let's just make it simple. So when we talk about the glory suit, it is the Holy Spirit who brings to us the fullness of the presence of Jesus now in his glorified position, but now in every one of us. And so then the prophets can prophesy. The healers can heal. The evangelists can evangelize. The pastors can pastor. You know, The, the people who speak in tongues can speak in tongues. The people who minister deliverance can minister deliverance. Why? Because we are being clothed in a unique way. In order to release not our power because we haven't got any. But we can now release the goodness of God in that anointing which he has clothed us with and so now the oppressed gets set free. The sick gets healed. Whoa. And so we come alive because we realize that we are being created for another realm. And in that realm that we love to be in, in that heavenly realm, in that realm of Jesus' glorified place, and then we come from that realm into this realm, and in this realm we see the brokenness, we see the devastation, we see the chaos, and we think, God, how can I release your grace here? Instead of bickering and going on and criticizing and? Telling your boss or people about your boss. All of those things. So they start to hear something different. As you release the goodness of God. Hallelujah. See and this is what God has for us. And so for us let let God bring you to a new place of completeness. And so I said there. We just need to have a new thirst. See. See. And uh, I had a dream this week, how's the time going? Because I want to leave time for ministry this morning. So if I don't get through it all, I've got next week so I can finish it off next week. And uh, I had a dream this week. In the dream, um, I'm preaching. And I often get dreams where I'm preaching. But but then I came, as I come out of the dream, um, I'm still thinking about the message that I'm preaching. And the message was this, that heaven must receive Jesus until the restoration of all things. But he will send times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. That's the word I had from Acts chapter 3. And, um, and then I said, Lord, why have you given me this message? And he says, Trevor, there's one part that's missing. And, and he says, the thirst is wonderful because it releases the times of refreshing. So, so always be thirsty. So the thirsting releases the times of refreshing. But then the Lord said to me, but what they miss out is that it's so that things can be restored. And so what people do is they keep going for refreshing for their thirsting, going for refreshing, for their thirsting, but they don't allow the restoration of all things. He must stay in heaven until the restoration of all things. What's that? (laughs) Bringing things to completeness, so that nothing is missing. Don't you think there's things missing in our nation? Don't you think it aggrieves the heart of God that you have companies making billions and there are people who can hardly afford to buy food for their children. Don't you think that that's obnoxious to God? Don't you think that God wants us to do something about that? Don't you think that we have to live by a different spirit? than the spirit of the world. Instead of going on criticizing all the government and this person and that person and the other person, you know, don't we need to live outside of that in this glory suit of God, and we the church begin to do something different. Whatever it is, and listen, I do believe that the church will be called upon in the days ahead to be a source of blessing where we become virtually bankrupt because we're prepared to be spent, and I'm talking now personal bankrupt, that you, you're at an end where you feel that you haven't got anything left to give. There's nothing in the, the inner bank account because you're giving out. But out of that, people have been blessed and enriched. Oh. Come on we're going to go into a time and i said it months ago from here i said if you think this is bad with regard to covid we are going to see things get much worse than this and i did not know all that was going to happen with regard to eastern europe or with regard to ukraine with regard to the cost of living crisis but listen there is no crisis at the right hand of god So therefore we need to thirst for his presence. Because that's the only place that we can receive, not the answers. People don't want answers, they want goodness. They want mercy, they want grace. Getting, what's the term? Mercy is getting what we don't deserve, grace is not No, mercy is not getting what we deserve. God forgives us. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. And so we begin to release God's grace and his favor to people. And so I believe this morning God is wanting to put a... Clothing upon us, a mantle upon us, a mantle of His glory. I've never released that before in my life, but I believe that there is a mantle of glory. A mantle of glory is a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's a mantle that comes out of His presence that is created. Just for you. It is made for you to walk in. So you don't have to try and get other people to walk in your mantle. To agree with what you're doing. To support what you're doing. Is what you do is you live in that place where you're fully alive. Ministering to people. Spending your life for people. And we're going to have tremendous opportunity. Because there is major major changes coming to the way in which the church is going to operate it really and it's going to be so exciting because we're going to see people who we never thought carried an anointing begin to release God's goodness and his mercy and his grace his favor his giftings his callings in their lives like never before and people are going to come alive see And so there was this, Trevor, get the people to thirst so that I can refresh them. listen Listen to some of the passages then that he began to give to me. I will give water to the thirsty. Like cold water to a thirsty soul is good news from a far country. You're going to be able to give people good news from a far country hallelujah come by and eat come buy wine and milk without money without price why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and labor for that which does not satisfy listen diligently to me and eat what is good delight yourselves in rich food well i can tell you this the richest food is on god's table and on god's table it says that he is he get, feeds us from the finest of the wheat and honey from the rock so you want sweetness and you want sustenance let me tell you it's found in him hallelujah so here other things now brothers I know that you acted in ignorance but therefore repent therefore turn back that your sins may be blotted out that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord don't you love that passage You know, he says, repent, turn away from your sin, repent of your sins. But in the next breath, he says that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. See, God doesn't hold anything against us. Yesterday, with the, the tragic story of little Archie, we've heard about that in the press and everything, and the press winded up just to get people taking sides over a little boy's life and uh, and the judge says this there is a golden thread that has run through the whole of this tragic case and the tragic thread the golden thread was a mother and a father's love for the child whichever way the media projects it and all the rest of it and the Lord said to me, Trevor, I want you to tell people this morning that I am cutting the cords that have held people in places that they don't want to be in. I'm talking about sin in our lives. I'm talking about things that we get oppressed by, fears that we have. I'm cutting. And what I saw was these, this, this black cotton thread that had run through lives. But I saw God cut it, just like it says in Ecclesiastes, until the silver thread is cut. And I saw God beginning to, beginning to sew back in to our lives, this silver thread. And, and he said, I am sewing in, in the place of the black thread, it wasn't threads, black thread, so that I'm going to redeem every stitch, every experience, so that it will never be remembered again. I mean, come on, you could not make this up. And so I just sense that God is wanting to thread our lives with his redemptive purpose. He wants to redeem us. He wants to make us complete. And listen, there every one of us has those things that, as I say, God is the one who's omniscient, not us. And he, he knows where that thread goes right through our lives all the way back down here. And yet he's pulling it, well, he's cutting it so it no longer has power. And then he is stitching in that silver thread of redemption. Why? Because he wants to make us complete. He wants nothing to be missing in our lives. So he wants us to be fully alive. Isn't that wonderful? And this morning, as I finish, I was going to read some others, but I, I've said enough this morning. I feel that God wants to minister to you. He wants to touch your lives afresh. There's some things that I jotted down. You can receive this while you're just preparing to, to come for ministry. And uh, the, the one was what healing was a thyroid, which we've said. The other was a deficiency in our bodies even a vitamin deficiency. See, God is interested in the small stitches. Also, if there is a wound, if you're carrying a wound that is not healing, believe God wants to touch that and bring completeness. And a skin disorder, those are just some things. So that's, if you're in any of those places, this morning when I ask you to come, down for ministry is what I want you to do is to receive from the ministry team tell them I'm here because of that skin disorder I'm here because of that deficiency in my body, so they can lay hands and release the glory which is going to cover you and going to create a completeness in you I believe we're going to see God move with healings like never before. As we get hold of not releasing power, but releasing God's goodness, releasing his character and his act of God. God's character to you and to me is always to heal. He doesn't want anyone left sick. That's just who God is. God's goodness is that he doesn't want anyone to suffer. So when we minister out of that place and we become more conscious of the way in which God wants to minister, it isn't about me and my power and my ministry. It's about him and his goodness and about his glory being now on display. And he uses people like me and you. Common clay pots. That's all we are, aren't we? Yeah. That's all. Common clay pots. But we carry within us a treasure. So that the all-surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed by it. You can stay connected with all that God is doing here and be resourced by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, following us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Revival Fires, giving and sowing into the ministry at our website, www.revivalfires.org.uk.